Coming up on this episode, Lee and I have chosen to postpone our Western Conference Power Rankings discussion till next weekend. So for now, that means more Warrior Chat. I'll be talking about Jonathan Kaminga's huge performance in the crossover in Seattle on Saturday, as well as the jersey retirement conversation that Draymond Green sparked up on Instagram on Friday. Let's get into it. Yes, welcome back to the Golden State with Mates podcast. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, he was an appearance at a crossover event in Seattle on Saturday and really turned up and dazzled the fans in attendance. 60 points for the athletic two-way forward, five rebounds and six assists as well. Some huge dunks, typical Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, It really, I mean, looking at some of these highlights, the defense on show was not suited to going against someone of Kaminga's talent, that's for sure, and nor were they particularly willing to uh, try and stop him and, and prevent uh, him from doing what everyone was there to see, and that was to, to throw down some jams off the dribble, uh, off lob passes, everything like that. So an impressive performance. Uh, look, the ball handling was, was nice to see, a lot of kind of full-court stuff, you know, bring the ball inbounds and then taking the ball the length of the floor regularly breaking down defenders off the dribble before detonating at the rim I th- you know it was fantastic to see got it has to come with a word of caution let's be honest it's a off-season uh, showcase event really the crossover is really building steam here as a, a staple of the NBA offseason we saw uh, last year, a, a huge event that included LeBron James and Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, Jason Tatum, Dejounte Murray, which got uh, into the second quarter and then there was some condensation on the floor and whatnot, which meant the game had to be cancelled, I think, at the 547 mark of the second quarter. But uh, really, it is, you know, it's still a showcase event. And um, as I said, a lot of the, the defense that was being played yesterday appeared like it was, you know, something from the all-star game rather than high-level, anything close to high-level NBA defense. And, and when we're in a pro-am, obviously, you know, we're not going to see Jonathan Kaminga scoring 16 in an NBA game next season. So there has to be a, a word of caution here, not only with that, but the fact that hey, he can come out here and do whatever he wants. That's not going to be the case for the Warriors next season where, you know, some of his buckets yesterday came, you know, in transition opportunities, uh, which I think is still going to be the biggest aspect of Kaminga's game next season. You know, Steve Kerr's not necessarily going to throw the ball in his hands and say, here you go, do whatever you like, which... Um, I guess it's probably been a frustration for Kaminga over his first couple of seasons because for a number seven overall pick, usually as a young player in that situation with the talent that he has, he's actually able to go into a system where um, you know teams aren't necessarily looking to win. They're still in rebuilding mode and they're happy to for you to kind of experiment with your game um, and what you may be able to develop and bring to the table um, now and into the future. And, and the Warriors certainly aren't in that scenario. With Kaminga, um, so for for me, uh, looking at him next year, it's still going to be more about the transition stuff. Obviously, defense, I think, first and foremost. Uh, you know, he had some great outings last season. Guarding guys like Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic, I think he can become, you know, one of the Warriors' you know, best defenders. He probably already is one of the Warriors' best defenders alongside Dre and, and Andrew Wiggins. So 
that's that's the stuff I'm looking at next season. It's not going to be you know the this stuff where I see him put the ball on the floor and, and dribble by defenders and, and break them down and get to the rim. Like that's that's fantastic. That's cool, but it's not necessarily what he's going to be doing for the Warriors next season. It's an extra element. I guess, that they could utilise. Um, and if he becomes a bailout option in second units where you can throw in the ball with 10 seconds on the shot clock and he can go make a play, then that's fantastic. And I think that's, you know, an element that we could see at stage next next season. But there is also the brand new acquisition of Chris Paul and you would hope that he's going to have the ball in his hands in most second units um, and that he's going to be able to initiate the offense and get the Warriors into good sets and get the Warriors good shots without having to say, here you go, JK, here's the ball. We don't know what we're doing. Make something up for us. Use your individual talent to go get a bucket. So it's uh, it's obviously a big pivotal third season for, for JK. Looking forward to what he can do. I, I really think he can make a rise here, and he's a major wild card to, to what the Warriors can do. I would just press caution here on on taking too much from from this event on on Saturday because late last month we saw March on Beauchamp, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks second year forward coming into his second season. Uh, he dropped eighty three points, which is a, a record for any crossover event. Uh, so I don't think that March on Beauchamp is going to be coming out and doing that kind of thing in the NBA next season. So it just goes to show, uh, and I think it goes to show that the depth of talent in the NBA and that the talent of some of these young players is. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people off the streets think they can hang with NBA players and think they can compete. It's just a completely different level of talent and skill here that is just completely unmatched. And I think that's still, like, I th- I feel for for some reason that still surprises people that hey, Jonathan Kaminga can go to this event and drop sixty. I mean, of course he can. Like, he's coming up against some amateurs here. Of course, he can go out there and drop 60. He, he probably could have dropped 100 if he really wanted to. So moving on from that, and, and Draymond Green sparked an interesting conversation on Friday when he reposted a story, I guess, on Instagram, basically stating that it was facts that Kevon Looney would have his jersey retired by the Golden State Warriors at the end of his career. Now, the initial post made reference to Nick Collison, and the fact that he, the former Oklahoma City Thunder big man, had his number four jersey retired by the franchise in 2019 after 14 years with Seattle and then the Thunder. Uh, played over 900 games, Collison, but never actually averaged more than um, 10 points in a season and averaged 5.9 points across the course of his career. So he's a, a perfect example here of a loony-type player who's never going to accrue the, the kind of individual accolades that most uh, legendary figures that a franchise get, I guess, like, you know, all-star awards, MVP, whatever else it is. Uh, he's ne- ne- not, he, Looney is not necessarily going to get that, and Collison um, is a, a pretty comparable player in terms of what he was able to do across the course of his career, albeit Looney's already got the championships under his belt that Collison never did. Uh I've just had an article published on Blue Man Hoop, kind of looking at who, how many is too many here in terms of the, the jersey retirements of Warrior players over the past decade in this dynastic period, four championships in the last nine seasons, a, a couple more finals appearances on top of that as well. So the Warriors have six um, jerseys hung up uh, at Chase Centre already. Now, we're looking at possibly another six here in the next, well... 
15 years is my is my guess. Probably the next, probably going to have five in the next 10 years. Uh, and then depending on how long Looney, like Looney's 28 years old, he's still got quite a while left. Um, so seven, eight years and then a few years before he's, yeah, like it could be a dozen years. We could have six in the next 12 years potentially. So we look at the locks here. Steph Curry, like if you could, if you could retire his jersey now, you just would. <laughs> like greatest player in franchise history, it's no word of a doubt. Like it's yeah, you, you might as well just do it now, get it over and done with. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green also guarantees like they, those three players are at a point where they could retire right now, and they would have their jersey retired. They don't have to do anything more in their career. Obviously, they're trying to. Dre's just resigned. The trio is together. Um, Clay's obviously got one more year left in his deal, but I'd expect him to to sign another deal with the Warriors, which means you know they're still probably going to have another three, four year window here to try and add to their legacies. But their legacies as um, as franchise players are already set in stone, and they'll have their jersey retired when the time comes at the end of their career. The the other three, I guess, are a little bit more of a conversation, albeit probably not much of a debate. Like Andre Iguodala uh, obviously wasn't a lifetime warrior like the the other three were, but he is the fourth player of that quartet that have, have won four championships in the last nine seasons. Finals MVP, I think, is the thing that really solidifies this. And I, I guess you've just got to look at and the conversation here revolves around Looney as well. It's not the individual awards that the player has racked up. It's the impact that these players have on franchises that other people outside the franchise, outside the fans of the franchise, don't necessarily uh, pay attention to. And that's what Iguodala and Looney have brought across the course of their careers because you know prior to, obviously, Iggy coming in, the Warriors had been a good team, a playoff team the previous couple of seasons. Steph Curry was just on the rise, obviously. But Iggy was, you know, Iggy and I guess Steve Kerr, you can add into the conversation as well, was really that that missing element, that veteran forward uh, who was able to, to come in and feel that final piece to the puzzle. And also just the fact that he has, uh, he, he came in as an, a start, starter level player and then Steve goes to him and says, you know, hey, we think you're best coming off the bench. And the way he was able to take that, I think, certainly is an element in turning the culture of the team around. And I think that bears into what we see now with Loon, where Loon, when the Warriors want to go small and they're kind of mixing and matching starting lineups, he's always the one that moves back to the bench. And yet, regardless of whether he's coming off the bench or whether he's in the starting lineup, there's always a professional professional nature to his game which is just widely admired among warrior fans and those within the franchise so Iggy I think you know he's got that individual accolade of the finals MVP I think he's a a definite lock or or close enough to it not as much as the other three as I said but he'll certainly be there KD is the other one and this is I guess potentially going to be the most debatable among warrior fans just because of the fact he was at the team for three years, and three years is a pretty short span of time to have your jersey retired. He'll have his jersey retired by the Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously, he'll, and I think he'll probably have his jersey retired by the Warriors. I, I just You win two finals MVPs and two championships with a team, and I think that's enough. 
I honestly think that he could have left after that second one, and you probably it just long-time Warrior fans would be acutely aware of the fact that runs like this, successful periods like this, don't come around very often. And so to have any Finals MVP, there there are teams in the NBA that are yet to win an NBA championship, and so to have a Finals MVP, let alone a player that's won two of them, that is incredibly rare among the NBA in general and across the 30 teams. And so, yes, we can look at it and think, oh, well, you know, they've won four championships and KD was only part of two of those and, you know, he was next to all-star level talent with with Steph and Clay and and Dre. But I think in the, the big picture of things, you've got to think of this as a franchise that went 40 years without a championship and to have a guy come in and be as dominant as he was in back-to-back finals, that's worthy of having his jersey retired. Now, will there be an asterisk on it kind of thing when you look at everyone else um, who's had their jersey retired, when you think of the legends of you know Will Chamberlain, Rick Barry, Chris Mullen, whoever else, Al Adels, whoever else, Steph Curry, Clay, Dre. There's always there's always going to be a different feeling towards KD than there are those players that have spent their entire lives at the franchise. There just is. That's 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 how it's going to be forever. But I don't think that means we should take jersey retirement for KD off the table, because as I said, two in two in three years, it's a short span at the franchise. But two Finals MVPs is an incredibly rare feat for any NBA player to do, let alone do it at the one franchise in back-to-back seasons. Absolutely outstanding achievement, and I think that deserves to be recognised in Warrior history and for him to be immortalised by having his 35 jersey up in the up in the stands. Back to Loon, though, I do think that... I, I don't want to be the one that pours cold water on this, but I guess I will be. It's not facts. It's not, it's not a guarantee that what he's done so far throughout the course of his career is going to be worthy of having his jersey retired. And yes, he's on the path, but he's going to have to do a lot more because when you're a a player that's not going to get any all-star appearances, you're probably not going to win any kind of huge individual. You're not going to win a finals MVP. You're not going to win a Western Conference finals MVP. Um, the best, I guess the best thing Loon's done is offensive rebounding. Uh, leader last season. That's probably his biggest achievement outside of obviously the team championships. So when you you don't necessarily have those next to your belt, like KD obviously did or does, then it's really about tenure at that point. And that's why Collison obviously had his jersey retired by the Thunder there for 14 years, over 900 games. I do think that the, as I said before, the impact that Loon has on this franchise is underrated and is undervalued. And uh, again, doesn't necessarily get the focus of, of people outside the organization, outside the, the Warrior fan base. But he is going to have to have a tenure here where he plays with the Warriors for his entire career and probably for another five or six seasons at least. He's going to have to reach that Collison mark of, hey, 14 years, over 900 games played. Um, as I said, he's got the added element of having uh, won the championships already. But yeah, I do think that he's going to have to do a lot more than what he's done already. He's on, he's on track, don't get me wrong, he's on track. 
But if Kevon Looney retired tomorrow, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to be like, no, sorry, mate, you're not having your jersey retired. <laughs> you're just not, not for eight years of, of service. So let me know what you guys think on Twitter, on YouTube, wherever. Is it, is it more of a debate surrounding KD or, or Loon? I still think it's Loon at this stage, but hey, what happens if we get, you know, six years' time, Loon's continued his career at the franchise, maybe won another championship? If it was a, a choice of whether it came down to Loon or KD, who would you actually pick in that scenario? Because it's an interesting one for mine. It's a tough one for mine, the way that Loon's career is currently projecting forward. I think that the obviously the, the Steph and the Clay, Dre are all locks, and Iggy is probably 95%, I would say. So, as I said, let me know what you think at POC252 on Twitter. This podcast will be posted to our YouTube channel, Golden State with Mates, as well. So uh, let me know what you think. Other than that, I'll see you on the next episode.